So, Michelle. So, David. I've got a riddle for you. Okay, go. You ready for this? Yep. Right, here we go. What does the CIA, the Mafia, the Vatican, including a dead pope, the drug trade, George H.W. Bush, Afghanistan, the Soviet Union, and an Australian bank all have in common? An operation. Oh, buggy, you guessed it. All right. Yeah. That very short episode. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for listening. If you've got any questions, pop in at No, wait, okay, what? Well, no, because you've really piqued my interest. There's a lot going on there. This is a request from a listener from yes. Twitter at Podcast from a guy who calls himself Gladio Guy. Oh. Now, Gladio is the Italian word for Gladius, the mm. Latin word for sword, right? Amazing. The two-edged sword that all the legionnaires used to use. This is a story about possibly the greatest black op and one of the greatest conspiracy theories as well in the intelligence world. Today, we're tackling the giant subject, Operation Gladio. Let's tuck in. You're listening to I Spied, the jazz hands of Australian intelligence. Okay, it's... I know, I'm shaking my jazz hands like crazy, but it doesn't make a sound. It's not a visual medium, though. What's the sound of one jazz hand jazzing? Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name is Michelle Stevenson and I'm here with David Callan. And uh, thank you to a tweet request. Yep. We've got Operation Gladio today. Now, I have to say when I started perusing the material around this, I it's a lot. Just and, a little. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to leave that to the sad little man who likes to sit in his <laughs> blanket fort and has nothing else to do because I've got a life. And the other thing... It's really, really fucking intriguing. Like, I mean, when you've got the mafia, you've got the Vatican, you've got the CIA, I'm surprised they haven't done a movie. Well, the problem with doing a movie like this Mm. is it's just too big. Yes. And there's so much going on and there's so much that's been denied. There's so much that's been alleged. It really is crazy. And uh, to Gladio Guy, who is the person on Twitter who brought the Mm. request and has waited for over a year for us to tackle it, I want to now extend my apologies for any mistakes I make, anything I miss, because, man, this is so dense. It's, It's pretty dense. So why don't we do, we start with like a brief overview. And then and then we'll start where right. it kind of kicks off. Right. The brief overview is Operation Gladio was what's known as a stay-behind operation. Mm. So, basically, you leave troops behind in case you get invaded. Now, there was a, a few countries involved in leaving troops behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's quite a few. Like, all through Europe, there was this mm. stay-behind operation. But it falls under Operation Gladio, which is the Italian one, because that's the one that was first revealed right. and really gained a lot of traction. And this was off the back of World War Two. World War Two. So, 1948, yep. everyone's gone. Yay, we've won. We beat the Nazis. But we haven't won. Oh, hang on a minute. We haven't won this. The Soviet yes. Union. Yes. And what if they invade? We haven't We haven't won hearts and minds yes, quite we, yet. Yes, we haven't won. But what if they invade? They've taken over Eastern Europe. Yes. I mean, we've kept all the really cool old buildings and nice stuff, and they've kept all the old crappy farmland mm. and porn industry. And and what they saw happen with World War II was like that was kind of an offspring of World War One. Yeah. Because basically Germany were paying reparations and they were in poverty yep. and then a charismatic man named Hitler came along and said, we don't need to do this. Yeah, we can do what we want. Screw everyone else. Guns, not butter. Yes, let's just go. Take the Sudetenland. So I think think what happened was the rest of the world kind of learned their lesson that, you know, what you can win a war, but you haven't really won the war. you got to win the war. And and funnily funnily enough, one of the characters in this, H.W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, W's father, he actually, when the Soviet Union collapsed, he turned around, he made a speech in America and his 
the way he started the speech was, it's taken us 50 years to win World War II. Yeah. Because essentially, as soon as World War II was over, it was USA versus Soviet Union. Mm. Now, the big thing they were worried about was when the Soviet invaded, they would come in through Italy, right? right. And so, what they did is they're going to put in stay-behind troops. Now, there are two things they learnt with the stay-behind troops. One, there was an operation run by a young intelligence officer in the UK called Ian Fleming during World War II. Ian Fleming? II. Ian Fleming. Who wrote James Bond. Correct. There's a movie out at the moment called, oh, what is it called? The Jigsaw Man, I think it is, mm. which is about an operation he ran in World War II, and it's a brilliant movie. It's a really good one. But essentially, this was an operation to counter what was called Operation Felix. So, is this like Inception, like an operation within an operation? Oh, mate, the operations in this. It's like, <laughs> honestly, if you had this many operations, you're a senior citizen and you have no joints left in your body that right. are your own. Yeah. Right? So, essentially, the Germans had an idea to invade Spain, go mm. down through Spain to take Gibraltar, because Gibraltar is the key to the Mediterranean. Yep. And if they held that, they've got all of Southern Europe. So what happened was Ian Fleming came up with an operation to leave stay-behind troops, so leave caches of weapons all through Spain that Spanish resistance fighters could use. Yep. So they set that up. Of course, it never happened. Operation Felix never took place. Guess what Ian Fleming called this little operation that he ran? What? Operation Goldeneye. No. I kid you not. Really? It was Operation Goldeneye. Right. So, what happens is they turn around and went, okay, Operation Goldeneye, that's a really effective thing. We never used it, but that's mm. how we're going to run this. Now, who can we get to be the stay behind troops yep. in Italy? Hmm. Let's think. Who hates communists? Fascists. So, they basically <laughs> turn around to all the old fascists from the Italian regime and in Belgium, Germany, in a lot of these other European countries where they set up these stay behind operations. They used fascists. Now, what, what countries are we talking about here? Uh, Belgium had one. Germany had one. Yeah, Germany and fascists. Not a good look. Yeah. Uh, Norway, Sweden. I think there might have been one in France. Yep. So, this was being run by the USA yep. and, to a lesser extent, by the UK. So, so MI6- the CIA? Oh, God, yes. the CIA's fingerprints are all, all over, over it. it. Okay. All right. Now, the interesting thing is, how do we fund this? This is a big problem. It's got to be a black op. We can't mm. actually sort of- it's, it's a secret op. We can't fund it from our open budget. We've got to fund it from our black budget, but our black budget is restricted. There's not as much money in that as we'd like. Is this like. where the church comes in and the <gasps> mafia? Oh, yeah. Right. Right. So, we need to be able to get this money into Italy. And what better than the Catholic Church who have been harbouring millions of dollars- Yeah. The whole time. Yep. So, yeah, they had the Vatican Bank, and the Vatican Bank was a part of a bank called- um, Pedophile Bank. Pedophile Bank. No. <laughs> no. No. Some of them aren't like that. The name of the bank is Banco Ambrosia Ambrosiano. Okay. Banco Ambrosiano. Right. So, Banco Ambrosiano, through the Vatican Bank, was sending all these funds out. Mm. But then again, how do we get weapons to these guys and stuff like that? Mafia. Yeah. Who smuggles things? <laughs> the mafia. Right. So, here we go. We've got organised crime. What, and I have to say, what an unholy alliance. Oh, that's the book. That's yes. one of the books about it. But here's the other thing. Hmm. Who are we going to get to run this? Because we've got the mafia here, we've got the Catholic Church here, we've got the CIA over here, but who on the ground is going to run this? <gasps> I know. Let's get the Masons to run it. Oh, my God, the Masons. So, there's a Masonic Lodge involved. I love the Masons. If you don't know anything about the Masons, it's very fascinating because when I was living in Canada, I remember there was a Masonic Lodge near us and the big thing was whether they were going to allow women to be members. It well, was like you know, a massive thing. They, they never did. Because you know it's a Masonic Lodge when the Goats go in, but they don't come out. Oh, uh, it's- <laughs> 
Secret but handshakes. They do, they do have the secret handshake. Yeah. Like if you go for a job interview and it's been set up through the Masonic Lodge, you give the secret handshake and you're pretty much assured the job. It is crazy stuff. There was, I mean, there was always been, again- The Simpsons Alec- do a yeah. good version of it the, there's, <laughs> the stone cutters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there was always uh, allegations of the Masonic influence mm. in you know the public service in Australia. But, but it's kind of got that Druid yeah. idea to it, right? It's got the secret society yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. So we've got, we've got the Vatican- a fairly secret society. Yeah. Plus, we've got the mafia. A fairly secret society. We yeah. have the Masonic Lodge, and the Masonic Lodge was propaganda duo. Okay, propaganda or P two, it used to be called. Yeah. It was actually a declared illegal. Yeah, but it still kept operating in Italy, right? So a P two was then you know declared illegal because it was getting involved in some really dodgy stuff. Funny yeah. enough, hello, uh, Operation Gladio. So I just want to know how you involved the mafia. You promised well, the money. Well, yeah, you promised the money, but don't forget as well that the OSS and the SOE. So the SOE which was the American, what was it, the Strategic Operations Executive, right, that became the CIA. That was, right. the, that was the template for the CIA. Now, the SOE, when they were operating in Italy during World War II, so they were actually setting everything up for Operation Casuarina, which was mm. the invasion of Italy in through Sicily and then across onto the mainland. So they were using the mafia mm. as resistance fighters. They were using the, the Cosa Nostra and the mafia in Sicily and in southern Italy to basically prepare the ground for the troops to come on shore. Yeah. So this is the thing. that They had- contacts with the mafia anyway. Truman was using the Vatican Bank to get money into Italy to repair the place for yes. funding to rebuild. So there was all the pieces were in place. And then James Jesus Angleton, who was the, I love this, he was the head of counterintelligence operations mm-hmm. for the CIA from 1954 to 1974. This guy sat in that chair so long, it basically was his ass, right? And <laughs> right. the problem is when you have somebody in intelligence that occupies a position for a long period of time, mm. it starts everything starts to stink of them and it starts taking on their personality. And right. he was fervently anti-communist. And this was the whole point. They put it in, not yes. only were they using Gladio, the thing is Gladio more from being we're going to have troops ready with cases of weapons and money and mm. instructions. Like the Belgian operation, interestingly enough, they were given sealed boxes. Right. In those sealed boxes were gold coins and instructions, right? Where to meet, what to do, how to blow things up. They were trained by special forces, generally by the SAS and Green Berets. Yeah. But the whole thing was for the Belgians, the Belgians went, no, 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 we'll give them the weapons. The mm. Belgian intelligence went, we'll, we'll arm them, but you just give them the money and the instructions. So the whole thing was there was all of this money and all of these arms floating around Europe. Yeah. Now, the other thing they realised was, and this is a great quote, it's called uh, Strategia della Tensione. Strategia. This is, a, I'm mm. actually doing the Italian handshake. Uh, Strategia della Tensione, the strategy of tension. Yeah. Now, the whole idea of the strategy of tension is it's designed to create a feeling of insecurity. And when you have a feeling of insecurity, you look to a strong government to give you a feeling of security. So what happened was there were suddenly these cooperative efforts to create insecurity. So suddenly there were these massive terrorist incidents going on around Europe. And some of them were right-wing terrorist events and some of them were left-wing terrorist events. But the whole thing was they all seemed to fall back towards Operation Gladio or the analogues of that in different countries. So basically once they've kind of curbed communism or the Cold War, it was then linked to the toppling of governments and Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened in South America suddenly and that was Operation Condor. But again, that involves another pope. In fact, it involves a young young father, Jorge Mar. (laughs) Mario Bergoglio. Jorge. Jorge or, or George. Yeah. Uh, no, it's Jorge. Ma- yeah. It is. It is Jorge. It is Jorge. Jorge Mario Bergoglio, also known as 
Pope Francis. Oh. Right. Now, he was, again, all alleged, but he's implicated in being involved in Operation Condor, which was a cooperative effort of the intelligence and security services of several South American countries to combat terrorism in subversion. Because of that, uh, right-wing governments, and particularly despots and dictators, tortured killed and imprisoned and basically disappeared tens upon thousands of people in the whole idea of let's combat communism. So an example is the Swiss. They had a stay-behind operation mm. in their country. They had an, Once it was all revealed, and we'll get to when it got revealed, but once it was all revealed, they had a, an inquiry into it and they discovered that essentially what they were doing was they were doing everything they could to even stop democratically elected left-wing parties get into power. Yeah, so I think the concern, right, with something yeah. like this, is who is in control of it. Mm. And we find this all the time. What starts off with good intentions yep. ends up being a disaster. Like we perfect example is, you know, Osama bin Laden, tra- the CIA training him to- To work in Afghanistan to work in- against yes. the Russians. Yes, absolutely. And what happens is he then turns around and uses that against you. Exactly. So the blowback it's thing. like the blowback thing. So what always starts out as like good intentions always ends up not working out so well. Well, the problem is it, anything like this can be corrupted and can be used as a tool by somebody yes. else. Now, the other thing that's really interesting is this costs a lot of money. Now, yeah, so who's we, still funding it? How are we going to fund this? Mm. Wow. Well, one of the interesting things was it was called the jazz culture in America. And the jazz culture, you know, they were they were generally cool and hip. There's a lot of jazz hands. And- yeah, and also very African-American. Right. And one of the things that was going on in the jazz culture was heroin. Mm. So the CIA suddenly went, hang on, why don't we sell, you get the mafia to bring heroin in, we'll take our cut from the heroin, and we'll use that to fund our little operation in Italy slash Belgium, Switzerland, Well, that wherever. worked out well for them, didn't it? Right. Now, that's the thing was the whole idea. Again, these are all allegations. Mm. There's no proof anywhere because, you know what, the CIA are not going to write this down. And if they did, it went through a shredder faster than any policy paper from the LNP. Right? So, anyway, essentially what happened was they started getting involved in the drug trade. Mm. Now, interestingly enough, of course, there was the Golden Triangle. And, of course, this was around about Vietnam time. Yeah. Suddenly the Golden Triangle at the top of Thailand, which is where- a lot of heroin has grown, yep. that became active and the CIA became very active in that area. Then suddenly Turkey came into the thing because they grow a lot of poppies mm. over there. And then this little country called Afghanistan. Now, there was a guy by the name of Zbigniew Brzezinski. Okay. Take a deep breath and try to say that three times fast. Yep, no. Right. So, anyway, he was a political advisor to Jimmy Carter and Mm. Lyndon Baines Johnson, and he was also a fervent anti-communist. Right. And he had a thing called the Afghanistan Trap. If we can stir up enough trouble on the Afghanistan-Soviet border, the Soviets will go into Afghanistan. The Afghanistan Afghanistan is, of course, the graveyard of empires, as we've discussed mm. in an earlier episode. And what will happen is they'll get trapped in there, they'll have their own little Vietnam, and it will destroy them. Yep. How do we fund this? Let's get the Afghanis to start growing poppies, right? Yeah. So, again, it's this drug trade thing. But They're- I just feel like it doesn't – it's not the best way. No. Well, well- <laughs> just like it's not the best way. But, I mean, this is also from, the, from a country that pretty much is – is drugging their whole nation and, you know, with fentanyl and that's totally fine and most people are dying from it, but that's also totally fine. Yeah, I mean, this is a country that basically is using opioids as a a sedative for the entire planet. Yes. Um, And what's really fascinating when you go through all of this is the conspiracy theory is so rich, it's so deep. I mean, there's a- Oh, they would have a field day with this. There was an Italian guy by the name of Calvi who was a member of the P2 Masonic Lodge. Yeah. He was involved in the Banco 
Bancor, Ambrosiana. That bank was collapsing. The Vatican Bank was involved. There's all this stuff going on with the Masonic Lodge. Mm. He was up for charges for corruption and he disappeared to London. Right, mm-hmm. he, he escaped Italy using a false passport and hiring a private plane in Zurich, flew to London and was found hanging from Blackfriars Bridge by Oof. his neck from a scaffold under there, found by a postman one morning. Now, the whole thing was a lot of the theorists go, that's proof that he was involved in the whole Operation Gladio scam because Blackfriars Bridge, that's what the Masonic Lodge called the P2 Lodge. They were the Blackfriars. Oh, really? Right, so one. Well, that's two, cool. Wait for it. Wait for it. It gets better. When you're killed, in a, like if a Masonic Lodge wants to take you out, it has to involve tidal water. So he was hanging above the Thames River, which is a tidal estuary. He was the first inquiry said it was suicide. Yeah. And then his family actually hired a QC in the UK who reopened the investigation. And it's now still an open finding. So that no one knows how this guy died. Right. Because basically the QC went how did he get out there and hang himself? It's impossible. Yeah. Right? There was no way a man could physically hang himself from that bridge in yeah. that way. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all of this mad conspiracy going on. And also people say this is pure evidence, cut and dry, black and white, of the New World Order. Yeah. Right? In fact, one of the Gladio groups in Italy was called Ordani Nuo, New Order. Right. N- not the band, um, which I do like. <laughs> I really. do like the band. Uh, yeah. Now, well, what's so interesting about this is like, you know, when we talk about conspiracy theories and yeah. the really oh, lame ones that we have nowadays, I mean, like the whole thing about the 5G towers. Yeah, and, well, you know. And then the fact that, you know, we've got Bill Gates who's like making sure that everyone's being microchipped. I am so sick of having to delete the new U2 album from my brain because of that chip that was put in me when I got my Pfizer injection. Totally. But when we think about conspiracy theories, there's what we have today. Yeah. But then there's something like this. Yeah. This now, is good. Now, the other thing about this, and I and, think- And there's stuff in that you can find that you can legitimately go, yeah, that's totally believable. Yeah. Look, this is the thing. I mean, a good conspiracy theory needs to be plausible. Yes. Right? And, the and thing it's about, totally plausible. But also, there are so many moving parts in this. Yeah. Right. We haven't mentioned Pope John Paul I. Okay, what did he do? Pope John Paul I, he was the very short-lived pope. He only lasted for about 30 days. What did he do? He died. Okay. In his bed. In his mm. bedroom. Perfectly healthy. He was sitting there and he'd announced to the curia that I'm I'm thinking of having an inquiry into the Vatican Bank because there seems to be a bit of dodgy stuff going on oh, here. Then dead. Dead within days. Now, the interesting thing was his 2IC or his assistant or whatever, mm. who was a cardinal, right, basically went into the room and took a look and went, yeah, he, yeah he's dead. Yep, he's dead. Quick. Everyone get out, get him to the mortuary, and let's start embalming him straight away. So there was no coroner's report on it. But also, the Pope's glasses and notebook went missing. Now, he always had a notebook by his bed. That book went missing, and his glasses went missing. Now, one of the things, you know, what the conspiracy theory was, there was a contact poison placed on the Mm. bridge of his glasses. He put it on his nose, and that contact poison seeped through his skin, went up into his eyes, killed him, right? But, of course, once you put embalming fluid into a body, there's no way you can trace toxins because no. it's full of embalming yep. fluid, right? So there was that little thing. Now, did that happen? It could have. Well, I mean, let's be let's be honest. The Catholic Church is far from innocent. Well, and also, let's be honest, when it comes to popes and poisoning, the Vatican and the Italians have form. Yes. <laughs> all you have to do is look at the Borgias. Yeah. So the whole thing was there's all of these incredible – there's kidnappings, there's guys in mm. – one of the bankers involved with Funko Ambrosonio, he – died in his prison cell when he drank a cup of coffee that just happened to have cyanide in it. Just accidentally. Yeah. How did he 
get his hands on cider? Who knows? Right. So there's a lot of these sort of interesting things now. So how how did it end? Well, <laughs> or is it, it or has it? Right. Okay. Here's like that's the thing. kind of like is in it 19, still something going on in 1974. Uh, it was first revealed, and I think it was a uh, again. Uh, I'm really struggling to this remember year this, of my birth. This a lot of it's great. It's your things. fault. It it's was my your, fault. Right. I mean, maybe I'm involved. Yeah, you are. You are. Yeah. You are yeah. the uh, second generation of Operation Gladio. So yeah. what happened was it was revealed in Italy. I think it was actually a mafia guy basically blew the lid on it and then went up in prison and I think he died there. Everyone seems to die in prison in Italy. But then (laughs) in November 1990, Mm. NATO was accused of being involved in Operation Gladio and NATO would have been. Like, I mean- it's right up NATO's alley. It's a military yep. operation, essentially. It's a clandestine intelligence, military intelligence operation. Mm. Right. Anyway, they basically got up and said, we understand it happened. It had nothing to do with us. Right. And that was the secretary, the deputy or the, the head of NATO yeah. said, nothing to do with us. And then the very next day went, oh, maybe a bit. We might have known about it. We might have been involved, but not mm. really. And all of that other stuff, whew, don't be crazy. And then everyone looked at the CIA who went, wasn't me. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Because that's how the CIA talk. Yeah, that's weird. Right. So essentially it was all revealed in 1990. And then yeah. a lot of countries basically went, let's have an inquiry into this. So Switzerland did it. Italy, it was huge. Where the mm. prime minister got up and basically condemned it, said we're stopping it. This all halts. So it was still now. going in the 90s. Oh, God, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And, I mean, the funny thing about it is there's no real way for us to say, yep, it's done. Right. right. The, could, because it, there's no real way to know it ever existed. Exactly. And, yeah. But the thing that comes down to it, and, oh, we haven't mentioned the Australian bank. I remember there was the Australian bank thing. Okay. That was the Nugent Hand Bank, this very famous bank back in the 80s, back in, you know, the 80s where you could, you know, get money off, you literally pluck it off there the tree. There was a lot of banks. A lot of money swirling around and yeah. not a lot of regulation around yeah. it. Nugent Hand was this low interest, high loan bank. So you Loan chucks. You could, you know, get 30 million bucks <laughs> for at 3%. Right. Stupid, stupid, stupid interest yeah. rates and that sort of stuff. Essentially, everyone just went, this is essentially a laundry. This is mm-hmm. a clearinghouse for drug cartels, the whole ball of wax. Yep. One of the partners, I think it was either Nugent or Hand, of course, one of them was found dead in his car out in Western Sydney. He'd been shot through the head with a twenty-two. Mm-hmm. He had a twenty-two rifle in his car with him, in his lap. Yeah. I'm thinking he couldn't reach the trigger if it was under his chin. No. Right. So th- th- that was a questionable thing. And the other thing was the assistant director of the CIA's business card was found in his pocket. Right. Ooh. Now, here's the thing. Who leaves their business card on a body if they kill them? Or at least who leaves their boss's business card in someone's pocket? But also, why would the CIA be dealing with Nugent Hand Bank? Yeah. Right. So there are all of these weird, twisted sort of things involved in this conspiracy theory. I have my own theory behind okay, it. Okay, what's yours? Personally, I think it was probably a legitimate operation. The idea of leaving stay-behind units or stay-behind capacity Sounds feasible. in the country is very feasible. Yep. And when you think about it, at the time through the 50s and 60s, particularly the 60s, the paranoia of the Cold War, yep. it's a really big deal, right? They really wanted to know that if, if the Soviet Union finally do get up and go, we're going to invade you, yep. this massive behemoth of an army that is unstoppable, unless, of course, you go to Ukraine and you've got a comedian mm. running your country who goes, I don't I don't think so. We're going to resist, right? 
There was that real paranoia. And, and they did essentially beat communism with hearts and minds. Like uh, it was Americanization that kind of like saw the fall of well, a lot of this. It, it was an economic war. Like essentially they beat them with economics simply yeah, by- Yeah, but also, you know, a lot of a lot of Russia kind of was like, oh, yeah, I want McDonald's. Oh, yeah, I like Levi's. Oh, yeah, Coca-Cola's yeah, yeah. great. My, my mother and my uncle and his partner went to Moscow and both my uncle and his partner mm. were constantly being asked by people, you know, how much do you want for your jeans? Yes. Right, because they were wearing Levi's. Yeah, so no, it's like be- this whole idea of Americanization really kind of swept through, and that's yeah. and that's kind of what changed the, the whole perception yep. of the the communist ideal. You know, the the big thing was Elton John going to Russia. There's mm. a great documentary about his tour of Russia and how it was just him and percussionist. He wasn't allowed to take anyone else because it was so paranoid in there. Now, here's the thing: once you've got an operation yep. this big yep. with this many moving parts in it. Man, the hole where the money falls through gets wider and wider and you will have guys sitting around that hole waiting for it, Mm. right? And I think a lot of what happened was, again, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions and I think the problem was- these people saw the advantage and they could, they could make a lot of money out of being involved with this. Now, yeah, you've got to make a deal with the devil and that yeah. devil happened to be the mafia and the Vatican. You know, who knows? Two sides of the one coin. But the whole thing was I think that this was a legitimate operation that got so out of control that they lost sight of it. They really lost sight of what was going on. The stuff that was going on in South America to prevent socialist movements mm. in countries, people were being murdered in the streets, right? The fact that they'd set up these organisations and there were terrorist acts that were going on that could legitimately be linked to those stay-behind units. Mm. It's like it just became something out of control. But the great thing was going with the strategy of tension. If you let it get out of control, the people are going to lean towards the stronger government. They're going to lean towards the strong man. They're going to lean towards the government that is fighting these terrible leftists that are blowing up trains in the streets, mm. all that sort of stuff. So that to me is the way it works. I mean, the great quote is from James Jesus Angleton, deception is a state of mind and the mind of the state, right? So essentially his attitude towards it was, yeah, we're lying to you, but you know what? That's what we do. Mm. And if you believe the lie, more fool you. So that's what I think with Operation Gladio and Gladio Guy. I'm really happy if you get in contact with me at I Spy Podcast and Peter. Um, if you want to talk to me, <laughs> you can try that again at I Spy Podcast on Twitter. On um, Twitter. Yeah, I just I say it really quickly because everyone knows when I go. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, but not everyone knows. Anyway, at I Spy Podcast on Twitter. That's how you say it. Yeah. Please join the conversation. Please do because the, the whole thing is I know that there are people out there that are going to go. Hang on a minute, you forgot this, and I'm happy oh, yeah. to say forgot it. I probably didn't know it. There, it is honestly. I've listened to three books, read so many documents, yeah, on, and I'm and I still don't have it. So altogether. glad you did it because I actually have things to do. With yeah, life. well, it's, you know, of course <laughs> you've got things to do. You're an important person, and I'm a little blanket fort troll. <laughs> are a blanket for troll. So, look, bottom okay, line is- Done. Here's the thing. Well, yep. and, and this is really important, and it, it's a question that someone raised on our Twitter account, at Icepod Podcast on Twitter. Yeah. See, that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a question of, hang on, are spies exempt from the law? And I'm going to answer that question for that listener because you know what? There's a couple of really good answers to it. And I was quite shocked when I read one of them. Okay. Right? So, the whole thing is Operation Gladio- Black op to the max. Yes. Was it as conspiracy driven and crazy? Maybe. Mm. And that's literally all anyone could say. It's nuts. It's just nuts. It's great. Look at me. I'm doing my hand thing and everything. It's like jazz hands. Woo! Yeah. Well, you know, and it was. It was the drug trade that started it all. Jazz hands. Jazz hands.